Okay, so we are still on 31b, Lamed Aleph Amad Beis. Um, like in the middle of the wide lines, there's a colon. I'll just count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So we're 17 lines from the bottom. These are long lines. Um, and after that discussion and the prayer of Hannah, of Hannah um, she goes back home. She does have a child. Um, the child is Shmuel, Samuel the prophet, who ends up becoming a prophet. And now we're going to talk about um, in discussion that Chana and Eli, the high priest, have when Chana goes back to pray at the temple, which is actually the actually at the Mishkan, at the tabernacle. Um, and uh, we're going to analyze that discussion. So first we have Ani Ha'isha Hanitzeves Imchavazeh. I am the woman that stood with you about this. Um, so, Hannah is talking to Eli and saying, I am the woman that stood with you, which in, which uh, seems to imply that they were both standing at the time of Hannah's prayer. Amr B'Shub and Levi, and B'Shub and Levi said, arba So we learn from here that you're not allowed to sit if you're within four cubits, so about six to eight feet of somebody praying, once you're in that prayer space, it's inappropriate to sit. You must stay standing. Okay, now we're going to keep going. El Hana'ar Hazehi Spalalti. So now Hannah points to Shmuel and says, for this child I prayed. What does that mean, this child? Omar Belazar, Belazar says, Shmuel Mora Halachalifne Rabohaya. Shmuel actually did something inappropriate. When he was still young, he was Mora Halacha, which means he taught a, he made a legal decision in front of his rabbi. And if you were in front of your rabbi, it's your rabbi that should be making, and a question is brought, it's your rabbi that should be making the legal decision, not you. And what Shmuel did is he was in front of his rabbi, and yet he made the legal decision instead of allowing his rabbi to. And now we're going to talk about the story when this happened. Shinamar, as the verse says, Vayishchatu es hapar. So it says they slaughtered the bull and they brought the young boy to Eli. Now that seems to make a connection between slaughtering of the bull and bringing the young boy. What's the connection? Because they slaughtered a bull, that's why they brought a child to Eli. They brought Shmuel to Eli. What exactly is the connection between those two parts of the verse? Ella. Rather, this is what happened. Amar lahan Eli. Eli had said, Kiru kohen So someone wanted to bring a sacrifice, and Eli said, Bring a kohen who will come to slaughter the sacrifice. Chazin hu Shmuel, mehadre basar kohen So Shmuel saw that they were specifically trying to find a priest, a kohen, to slaughter this sacrifice. Amar luhu, and he said to them, why do you have to go and look for a coin to slaughter this? The slaughtering of a sacrifice is even permitted to be done by a non-Kohen. So why are you looking specifically after a Kohen? Um, so this is Shmuel. So Shmuel here was making a legal decision that went against what his... Rabbi, Rabbi, the high priest Eli, had said. So, I suhu Eli, so they brought Shmuel to Eli. And Eli asked, from where do you know that somebody that's not a Kohen is able to slaughter a sacrifice? 
Amar Leh, so Shmuel answered, he said to him, Does it ever say, does it say that this that the and the Kohen shall slaughter? The Hikrivu Hakonim says it says the Kohanim or the Kohen shall bring near the sacrifice, not the slaughter though. Um, so what's the bringing near? So this is the a reference to the receiving of the blood that once you slaughtered the animal, you actually had to take, you know, let the blood drip into a vessel. So what we're saying is, is from the receiving of the blood until and and so on after that, the entire process after that that you do with the sacrifice, that needs to be done by a Kohen. So from the receiving of the blood and onwards is an obligation that Kohen specifically has to do it. So then the inference is, is that though anything before the Kabbalah, anything before the receiving of the blood, which would include the slaughtering of the animal, should be it would be allowed then to be done by somebody that is not a Kohen. So Shmuel, um, this, so this was Shmuel's source for what he had said. Amarle, so Eli said to him, Maymer Shopper comrades. He said, You actually you're, what you're saying is right. Um, what you're saying is right. Mihu mora However, you did make a legal decision in front of your rabbi. And the rule is, is that anybody that makes a legal decision in front of the rabbi is actually um, is actually uh, supposed to receive capital punishment. So you, Shmuel, show will be killed. So that's how, that's, this is now when Chana comes in. Chana, Shmuel's mother, comes in and cries out in front of Eli. I am the woman that stood with you here. Um, and basically saying, like, please don't kill my son. I, you, you, you definitely remember me pouring out my heart and I finally got, my, my prayer was finally answered and you're going to kill my son? How could you do that? Amar so Eli said to her, Shivkili de He said, let me punish him. And I will then, let me punish him, so let me kill Shmuel and I will pray for you and you will have a son that's even greater than Shmuel. And this is when Chana says to him, I prayed for this child, and I want to keep this child, so please don't kill him. And in turn, Eli does not kill him. Okay. So that was a little story, and now we're going back to Chana's original prayer. It says, Chana was speaking on her heart. Which obviously, what does that mean? Speaking upon your heart. said in the name of al What this meant is she was praying about um, she was praying about matters of her heart. In other words, this is what she was saying. She said she was saying to God, Master of the Universe. Everything that you created. In a woman, you did not create for no reason. A naim neros, you created eyes to see, and ears to hear. Chotem lehariach, a nose to smell. Peledaber, a mouth to speak. Yadaim laasos behemalacha, hands to do work with them. Raglaim lahalich bahem, feet to walk with them. Dadim lahanik bahem, and breasts to be able to nurse with them. Dadim halalu, 
Yet the breasts that are upon me, alidi, that you put on my heart, lama, what, what's, what was the reason for them? You created them for naught. Lo lahanikbahem, it's obviously not to nurse with them because you haven't given me a child. Tenli bein vanikbahem, give me a child so that I can nurse with them and then it will be a fulfillment of everything that is part of my body will have been for a purpose. Okay? Um, now that we taught something from Rabbi Lazar, uh, we're going to teach another thing from Belazar in the name of Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra. Rabbi Belazar, Mishum Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra. Rabbi Belazar said, in the name of Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra. So this is the second to last colon on the page. On Lamed Alpha, on the base on 31b. So Rabbi Belazar said in the name of Mishum Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra. Yoshe B'Shabbos. Anybody that fasts on Shabbos. Koren lo gzardino shoshivim shana. We annul any evil decree. Um, even if he had... Um, engaged in 70 years of evil. Vafal Pikein, yet nonetheless, Chosrin v'nefraim imenu dinon Shabbos. They are Chosrin, so they return, and they punish you, the person that fasted on Shabbos, for the fact that you um, did not experience the delight of Shabbos because you fasted. So my Takante, so what can you do to remedy the, um, what can you do to remedy um, this, I, the, the fact that you um, negated or did not experience the Onik Shabbos, the delight of Shabbos. So you should make up the fact that you fasted on Shabbos with another fast during the week. From Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, now we're going back to Chana again. Chana, she threw her words to heaven. In other words, she was very... In other words, she was almost uh, she was almost brazen with God. Shinemar, as the verse says, that Tispalel al Hashem, as it says, she doesn't say she prayed to God. It says she prayed almost against God. This teaches us that she she threw her words to heaven. In other words, she, there's a certain brazenness when she prayed to God. Of Amr Belazer, Belazer says on the same idea, Eliyahu Elijah the prophet also. Through his words to God, was brazen in his prayer. Shenemar, as the verse says, Look at how Eliyahu speaks. So this is a story um, about the Jewish people, and they were steeped in idolatry. And finally, uh, Eliyahu suggests a almost a competition, and the prophets of Baal, prophets of this very prevalent idolatry, were supposed to offer a sacrifice to their idolatry to their God. And Eliyahu would offer to their God, and whoever's was accepted would be proof that they were the true, that they were worshiping the true God. And that's exactly what happened. The prophets of Baal sacrificed, and no one came to, con- no, there's no consumption. No fire came down to consume the sacrifice. And then Eliyahu did it, and miraculously, a fire came down to consume the sacrifice. And this was a proof to the Jewish people of who the true God is. Um, and at that point, Eliyahu says to God, You have turned their hearts backwards. Speaking to God, it was you, God, that turned their heart backwards. Um, so that's pretty, pretty brazen. Like, um, basically blaming the Jewish people's string on God. But from where do we see, though, that... God ended up agreeing to what Eliyahu said, that it was almost God's fault that the Jewish people had strayed away. 
Because the verse says, Vashir Hariosi. Um, this is God speaking, and he says, and those that I cause to be evil. So we see that God does agree that in a certain way, it was God. Um, it was God who did that. It was God who, in a certain way, and obviously this is a much bigger discussion, it was God who caused the Jewish people to go astray. And now we're going to talk a bit more about this. So where are we? We are on the top of Lama Beis, Amad Aleph, 32a, at the colon. We're going to talk more about the fact that God gave us an evil inclination, a Yetzir Hara, and God's ability to to um, control that. Amar Rami Chama Berebi Chanina, so Rami Chama, the son of Rabbi Chanina, said, El Mali Shalosh Mikraos Halalu, if not for the following three verses, Nismotetu Raglam Shalsona Yisrael, the feet of the Jewish people, so here it's referring, we use a euphemism of the enemies of the Jewish people, would fall in judgment. Uh, but it's really a reference to the Jewish people. So if not for the following three verses, we would fall in judgment, meaning we would have no way to defend ourselves in judgment when God judges us. The verse says, And those that I cause to be evil. So that's God basically saying, I know I have to take some responsibility because I implanted the Jewish people with an evil inclination. Another one that says, The verse says, Just like clay in the hand of a potter, so too are you in my hands, the, uh, the house of the Jew, the house of Israel. Um, so, in other words, basically, there's I have a certain power over you, and I've created you, and therefore, and I created you with this evil inclination. So, I have to take some responsibility. Even furthermore, the, and the next one that says, "Vahasirosi as leiv ha'evan mipsarchem, v'nasati lechem leiv basar," and I'll take away the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Um, and again, we see there, um, that the idea, so again, we see here that God's speaking about removing this stone heart, which is a reference to the evil inclination and putting in, taking that away from us at a certain point. So again, we see Hashem takes a certain amount of responsibility because God implanted us with the Yetzirah, with the evil inclination. Rapapa, Rapapa says, Mehacha, you see, and there's another verse like this. And I will put my spirit within you, and I will create it so that you will walk in my in my laws. Um, so again, we see that idea that it God, God implants us with a yetsahara, and God could have given us not a yetsahara, not a new inclination, and then we would be perfectly walking God's ways, but God didn't do so, so God... Um, judges us more favorably. So God doesn't com isn't completely harsh in judgment. Um, we'll go a little bit further. Ramabalazar says, Moshe Moshe also threw his words to God. In other words, was had us showed a certain sense of brazenness. Shanamar's the verse says, Moshe El Hashem. Um, and Moshe prayed to Hashem, Al Trikri El Hashem, don't read it as to Hashem. Um Ella Al Hashem, rather read it as against Hashem. Shekane Dive Rabbi Eliezer ben Yankov, um, and we see such for in the academy of Rabbi Yankov, Karna Alfin Ainin, Lainin Alfin. They would read um, the word, the letter Ayin as an Aleph, and they would read the letter Ayin as uh, Aleph as an Ayin. So here it says, um, and here it says, Moshe prayed to God with an Aleph. In this academy, they would read it as as if it had an Ayin, um, and the idea was is Moshe was praying against God. In other words, was brazen in his prayer. 
Um, another source to show that Moshe had a certain brazenness, the Rei Rabbi Yanai, Amri Mehacha, the Academy of Rabbi Yanai said that you can learn it from here, Vidi Zahav, the verse says, and Di Zahav. And this is in a list of different places where the Jewish people stopped in the desert, in the 40 years of being in the desert. And each one of the places that's mentioned reminds us of a certain sin that the Jewish people did. So this one is called Dizahav, my Vidizahav. What does it mean, Vidizahav? The word Zahav, by the way, it means gold. So what is this a reference to? Amri Devei Rabbi So in the Academy of Rabbi Yanai, they said, Kach Amr Moshe Lifnei Kach Baruch So did Moshe say to the Holy One, blessed is he. Rebona Shalom, Master of the Universe, Bishvil Kesev Vizahav Shehishpata Lehem Yisrael Ad Shamru Dai. Because of the silver and gold that you allowed to flow freely to the Jewish people until they themselves said enough, who garam It was that that caused them to make the golden calf because you gave them so much gold and silver upon exiting Egypt. We know that the Jewish people left very wealthy. They took um, much gold and silver from Egypt. But because of all of that, that was taken from the Egyptians, um, that's why they had the golden calf. In other words, God, you have to take partial responsibility for the fact that the Jewish people um, made the golden calf. So that's what Moshe was saying to God. So um, we'll stop here for today. We're in the middle of 32a, Lama Bezom and Aleph. This way we got a good start on it so that next time we could actually just go through the entire thing, finish the entire page. Um, what do we speak about today? So um, we started back on 31b. We spoke about... Um, not sitting near somebody that's praying. We spoke about how the grave um, problem of making a legal decision in front of your rabbi. We talked about um, part of a bit more of Chana's prayer services. We talked about fasting on Shabbos. We talked about different examples of, of great leaders that prayed with a certain almost sense of disrespect to God or almost like a brazenness with, to God. Um, we spoke about the concept of the evil inclination and how because we have an evil inclination, um, God has to take a little bit of responsibility for when we stray. Uh, we'll stop here for today. Have a, uh, have a great day. Have a great evening.